Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. Welcome to Two Kids and a Career. Joining me this week, I don't know how we're going to be serious in this conversation, Paul Cook. (laughs) I don't either. I do not either. (laughs) <laughs> no, we have to have a serious conversation. We will. Okay, all right. <clears throat> no. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay, Paul and I work together in this crazy world of radio. We both work for a radio station locally in St. Louis, Y98. I'm on 10 to 2. He's on 2 to 7. And yep. we have, man, I don't want to get emotional already. We've We've gone through some stuff. <sighs> Wow, Um, you are right. We've gone through some stuff between each other, and we've gone through some stuff personally, and that's what I wanted you to come on, because you have had so many different struggles. You were an alcoholic. You wrote a book about it. (laughs) How long have you been sober? Uh, Without uh, alcohol, 16 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a drink since then. So, so much part of the culture, it's 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 tough. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you have been battling cancer. Yeah. And that continues, but you've also been able to, in all of this, be an inspiration and a motivational speaker and uplift others. And Thank then you. the other thing is you're a father and you're a husband. And so there's a lot of things going on. But I want to start with growth because I think people don't realize they have the opportunity to grow. Ooh, great point. And um, it happened with you and me. I'm, I'm being honest and real. We had some bad times in the beginning of our friendship <laughs> and did. career. Yes. And I don't really know what that stemmed from. I'm not 100% sure I know. Yeah, I think maybe just it, it, gr- growing up a little bit too, you and me, and expectations, like expecting to be treated a certain way, you know, me or, you know, the boss. I, I think it's just a lot of new stuff maybe and anxiety. And I, I also remember really... Uh, loving you you know i mean like really connecting with you in the beginning but then work stuff gets in the way other people you know it's funny i was listening to the uh the uh queer eye the new show yeah and one of the guys we had the exact same thing Kwame had the exact same thing with uh the other one of the other guys guy that does the cooking and they didn't really know why but it was between other people getting involved i know we had that Mm -hmm. and just Maybe a little lack of, let's sit down and hash it out. Right. You know? And then it ended up, I don't even know, but a a page was turned and I'm so happy where we are right now. And I know that a lot of that 
was me. A lot of it was following rules and listening to other people. And mm-hmm. and that's something that I'm working a lot on myself right now is just everything is not black and white. And I've said this hmm. in um, some previous episodes. I'm starting to see gray. There's so much more gray in this cool. world than black and white. And that's something you and I've talked about, too. Yeah. I mean, then when you take into consideration stuff like you battling alcoholism and you battling cancer, <sighs> you have to go, okay, this is ridiculous. Is this, does this matter? Does this little thing uh-huh. that I'm getting mad about matter? Right. It's so true. And you have to start thinking everything's connected. It is a little beef or a little uh, slight here and there worth polluting yourself, mm-hmm. knowing that the thing that makes you drink uh, makes alcoholics drink is not just the taste. It's it's how they're feeling and a way to blot it out. So if I'm polluting myself with silly ego issues, resentments, then I'm not helping myself. So you're right. You've got to choose to overcome. And that's what you've done too. You know, you choose to overcome and not pollute your body with black and white. And I just wanted to bring this little dynamic up first, just because I know there are other people struggling with this. I really appreciate it. And I read just last night, this book I told you about from my friend, her name's Judy Holler. And the book is Fear's My Homeboy. And just last night, I read this part about jealousy. And there was this study done Something along the lines, I wish I would have brought the book in, but that jealousy uh, promotes physical pain. Hmm. There's something in the levels of jealousy that promotes that and, and just how bad jealousy the is. Cortisol and yeah. it rips it all up in your body. And all these different things. And, and that's why I wanted to bring it up is it's not necessarily a jealousy thing, but it, when you have beef and you that have unrest, negative, yeah. yes, you, ease you can change it. Yes. You oh, totally can point. change. And, and, you know, you can change it with communication, like better communication. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, way back then. I think it was miscommunication between others. And, oh, my God, Jill, I'm so glad we're past that. Me too. It's. But I'm also my, so glad we went through it. Yeah. It's you know, one of my happier moments about yeah. this place is where we've been. Okay, mm-hmm. And so, you've been so important to me and so huge to me in the last five years. I mean, you ditto. really have. And uh, I, I thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you. Thank you. And thank <laughs> uh, you much. I don't want to discount the alcoholism because that is a huge part of your life. Yeah. And it's what helped you write a book. <sighs> Which, by the way, you want to talk about your book real fast? Um, yes, my book is called Cooked in L.A., and it is about three years of my life trying to make it, well, trying to continue a radio career and go to Hollywood and be a star, you know, through it, uh, managing a horrible uh, alcoholic uh, substance abuse problem, trying to manage anxieties that way, not knowing it, and the book is just a crazy trip through that. It's I, I always say it's like, it's like Hellboy. Forrest Gump. Like, Forrest Gump always had these fun experiences. <laughs> this is like Forrest Gump experiences, Sean Fed, Nicole Kidman, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer, and the bad side of those things, you know? <laughs> if uh, if uh, Forrest Gump were to just turn it crappy, you know? So it was. it's a 10-year anniversary this year. It came out in really? 2009. I read it 
when I first came to Y98. Yeah. But I think I should read it again. Yeah, right. In a different state of mind. Right. And I know that was probably part of things, too. Like, holy crap, who is this guy? And I'm reading about, because, I mean, honestly, I, I wrote it because uh, uh, at the time people were writing books and Oprah was doing a big deal about a guy, James Fry, who wrote a book, but it wasn't true. It, it was a memoir that was supposed to be true uh, about all this pain and things he endured. Oh, and everybody I remember just that. opened up yeah, and went crazy. But people that knew me and my story would say, you have a story that's crazier and true. You should write it. You know, and I did. And it was therapeutic. And that's why it came. That's why we did it. But man, it's really revealing. That's for sure. So did that lead to becoming like a, a motivational speaker? Yeah, I think you start to kind of uh, uh, promote it in that way. You know, you're promoting it. And I've always felt the pull to that. Uh, I've always felt the pull to help to be a speaker on it and uh, to bigger groups. And we were doing a, a thing. It was before you started working here at Y98 for American Idol just some silly thing, but I, I saw this man, this big gray-haired man walking around and all these, like, looked like ninth graders following him. And he was like the Sven Gali. It was odd. And I said, what is that about? I went up to them and he said, we are star supporting teens at risk. And we go to high schools and junior highs and try to change the culture on drinking and drugging. He said, I am a former priest who decided not to be a priest and it was a crazy story his name was frank nally and i said boom i want that so i started going in the schools with them and talking really and learning yeah and uh for about three years going to uh, i mean no north county mcclure uh schools how different they were from brentwood to slough and oh i learned so much and i said i've got to get out and help parents with this stuff because they are clueless and they have such they have the most influence in their kids lives but they're clueless. So I think it all kind of rolled up into that. Okay. We are clueless as parents. <laughs> About that stuff, we are. Oh, yeah. Tell me. Mm -hmm. Teach me. What do it, well, and, I you do? Know, number one, we're clueless because we may have a glass of wine here and there. Or maybe there's some parents that smoke marijuana or or it's medicinal i'm not judging but they think oh well i can't talk to my kid about substance abuse you know i can't do that so that's a big thing but also we don't realize how young it starts the culture that we create around uh drinking and drugging and, and uh, i even have a, a five-day plan on that paulcooktalks.com there you go but uh we don't realize that and we don't understand the adolescent brain oh. it is primed up at this time period for risky behavior it's got something it's got something called pruning going on in the gray matter meaning it's getting rid of when you were a, a littler kid a toddler the brain is changing and creating unrest and then the white matter is working on messaging and creating new messaging so the two crazy events are happening during adolescence which makes kids moody it makes them want stimulus cell phones smartphones feel better to them than they do to us. They actually get more out of it. More risky behaviors. Ugh. Some kids are into that. Other kids are into negativity and body image problems, and they go crazy that way. And then that gets them into maybe trying a little drink or drug. So it's, it's, it's crazy. The brain is crazy. The brain is crazy, and there's not enough out there to help with the I brain. Know. It's so important. Um, is this why you did a little question poll on your facebook yes about 
different things that parents want help with? Absolutely. What were the three? Were the, weren't there three yes. categories? Yes, I said, what are the three things or which one of these three things are you as a parent most concerned about moving forward with your kids? So it wasn't about your kids this right now, but moving forward, what are you worried about? And number one was uh, an overwhelmed, stressed out kid who just can't even see what's in front of them because they're so stressed, number one. Two was, are you worried about risky behavior, including substance experimentation? Mm -hmm. Because that's where it starts, with all that substance experimenting. You can't get to addiction without experimenting. And that's what I did, to be honest, when I was... In high school, I experimented and ended up where I did. Third one is body image and bullying. Which one are you more uh, worried about? And it was, we got about 150 people got to us. And the first one was risky behavior, including substance abuse, which I was planning on. I hope that that was what people worry about because it's major. But the other two got them as well. It was like, it was like 69 risky behavior. 58 uh, overwhelmed kid and 59 um, body image. So all three of those things, That's people the were one lit up. I voted on Is the it? body image. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and now I'm going to go through the twos, which were what I kind of specialize in, and and show give them a free thing. The the book I was the five. Uh, it's an ebook. I'm going to give them that and say, hey, here, check this out. Let me know what you think of it. Okay, tell me again about the book. The, uh, the, People yeah, can go to yeah. It's a well. It's at paulcooktalks.com, and it's a free ebook about what I call awareness parenting. Awareness parenting, and Ooh. God, I hate to dominate this, but if you talk to someone who has a kid who's let's say 10, 12 years old, and you say, "Hey, what do you think about substance abuse in the future and all that?" and they'll say, "You know what? As long as you're aware, you're going to be okay." I have these conversations with people, neighbors, friends. And I always say, you are right. You got to be aware of yourself. It's about you. It's about the culture you create. And it's about how you deal with a bad day. Do you go to a drink? Because do the kids know that's what mom does? She comes in and kicks open the door and says, Rose me, wow. you know, or something like that. Yeah. It's about how do you celebrate? How do you celebrate? Is it get the, get the wine and all that going and be front and center? Or how do your uh, friends and family who are around that celebrate. And I always say it's not about don't do that, but maybe turn the volume down a little bit on it or move it into another room for the kids. So these are part of the five-day plan, and you kind of go over all of those, and I, I hope that it helps. Yeah. I've gotten great feedback on it. So Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I want to go get do it that. Today. I'm going to get you. Yes. I mean, and I always joke around my Babies are babies, but yes. you know what? They're going to grow up really fast, and I want to be prepared. And I am petrified of these kinds of conversations, but I think most parents are, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. We are just so worried. We don't want to be the one that screws up our kid. That is what I say <laughs> all the time. Yes. I do not want to set my kid up for failure. I, I do not want to do that. And how do I make sure I don't do that? And, and it's, it's a it's a mind thing. I just don't know. Yeah. I had a, a psychologist tell me like a couple of weeks ago, well, you were worried about that. Just put that to bed because you will. You will mess them up. Right. It's to the degree you'll mess them up. How? And if right. you think about your parents and your mom and how it went down, I know my mom has a big influence on my insecurity sometimes, you know, and she knows that. Uh, but how do you not? Gosh, I think you just have to be consistent, communicate, and treat them like a person, not a kid. Not a, hey, run along now. 
but a person. That doesn't mean you don't punish, but it's a human being. Again, something that I've talked about in several episodes, because it sounds so crazy when you say you need to talk to your child like a human. And you're like, well, they are a human. What the, <laughs> I know. You're what right. What are you talking about? <laughs> but we learned that from Lou's teacher, our toddler. She said, especially the age that she's in, they don't know how to process emotions. They don't know what all of that means. And so you have to talk to them. You have to say, are you feeling sad? Why are you Ugh. feeling sad? Instead of so many times parents will just fly off the handle. Yep. Trust me. There are challenging times and I have to take a deep breath and I tell my girls to take a deep breath, but we have to talk to them. They are human beings. Yeah. And you can't just let it go like, okay, I'm going to distract them now. I'm going to give them the iPad, the person dealing with the sadness and the iPad maybe won't make them sad. You've got to address it. Right. That's so smart of you to say that. Well, I'm trying. I I need to do that more. Okay. Then let's talk about your girls. They're what ages? I have got Quinn, who's 16. Yes, and you might know I haven't drank since in 16 years. She saved my life, I always say. Uh, And that's, of course, in the book. But, uh, yes, she saved my life, and she's unbelievable. And then Ryan, who is 13, and we're going to keep a good eye on Ryan. She is very creative, very uh, exuberant, loves to entertain, and is a leader. I mean, it doesn't matter. We had She led this whole neighborhood group. Uh, older, younger kids, a lot of them moved away. The new kids, she's the leader of those kids now, too. And most of them are boys. I mean, she is so unique, and I love them so much. What is it like being a dad to girls? I know that sounds so crazy, because most people say they hear the dads want the sons. And I look at Brian, and I'm like, I don't think that he could have a son. I think he's... um, Can't see it, almost. Right. I think he is so good with the girls. Like, that's that's his thing. Do you feel that way about your relationship with the girls? I think about that every day. Really? Dad, male, now with girls. And much more now that they're teenagers with the changes and, and, you know, things that my wife has to discuss with them about hygiene or whatever, you know, I can't do. I, I do think about that a lot. I think... Being on a women's targeted radio station for 18 years, you know, and with you and others and learning <laughs> learning how you guys are with your ups and your downs and your wonderfulness. Oh, yeah. It does help me to be with them. And it's a challenge. And I would be lying if I didn't say I wanted that. I wanted that boy, my second child to be a boy. And I was I was down, you know, I was kind of down when we heard it. And I thought, oh, at least she's healthy. You know, it's so great. But gosh, darn it. God, couldn't I have gotten a, a boy and uh, sat in the car for a minute and turned the radio up and it was uh, Christina Aguilera, What a Girl Wants, no What way. a Girl Wants. And it was this great song. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. It's crazy if your eyes are open to it. I'm not saying I'm some great you know, guy whose eyes are open to all spiritual, but so many things like that are mm-hmm. happening now that I'm trying to be a little more faithful and, and give it away. Well, and something you just said a little bit ago about being there for your girls. I mean, I'll say it's definitely, even with our fathers, a different generation. Our dads, I think my dad right. and I are closer now than when we were younger. So I, it's so important that like when I hear, oh, the dad never changed a diaper. I'm like, what in what? What? Yes. That's insane I know. to me. Yep. That's insane. We are evolving. 
It, it seems. And I think we have to be better than our parents at being with, with these kids because, oh, number one, we're stressed and working. Uh, everybody's working and running every way. But we do have to be better than our parents because they were great and uh, they've shown us great values in that. But maybe that emotional intelligence and uh, those type of things were not as developed, especially in dad. And as, yes, especially dad with girls. Oh, yeah. So we got to change that. Yeah, we do. We do. And it's not that's not impossible. It's no. not at all. And it's so rewarding if a dad would pick up a book on this. Listen to a podcast on being there as a human being to your daughters as well. It wouldn't take so much, but it would go so far. Mm-hmm. It's just about working on yourself and yeah. and working on your kids, too. We don't have a lot of time left. I wanted to talk about your battle with cancer. I don't know if this is something that we should save for another episode or dive into it a little bit. I just, how? It's okay to talk about. Yeah. How are you doing and how are you managing? Because that's hard. It uh, it seems like a, a crap storm landed on us, you know, in 2018. Colorectal cancer. They thought it was stage four. In my liver, a cool miracle thing happened there. So it was stage three, basically. And then big surgery to have it removed. Year later, colonoscopy, more cancer. So an even bigger surgery. And that's what you're talking about, recovering from that. Because I have new plumbing in my system. Very new and and very challenging. Uh, You're getting me on a good day. You know, and just talking to you always energizes me. But I feel good, like, just kind of like the parenting thing or the addiction and alcoholism thing. I want to share, I want to share that you can come out of it. You know, you can uh, not quit. But I want to call you out on something. I want you to also be okay with those bad days. Ugh. I know that that's something that you I have a hard time with about. that. I know you say to yourself, I should just be happy that I have pain because the alternative is there's no pain and oh. I wouldn't be here. But I always say this to you. You're human. If you weren't to even think about those things, I, I just don't think that that's fair. I think so anybody great. that still hurts. I mean, that's life. I I know I know and I I think maybe it's also part of the career of getting there make people feel good you know you got to feel good that's definitely a weakness of mine that I am working on and I'm so glad you brought it up I got to be human it's like the movie uh shoot I wish I could remember where there each person was a feeling a sadness happy oh, inside out inside out I think that's it yeah and where they realized that spoiler alert they realized <laughs> that it was okay to be sad the little yeah. blue girl uh it was okay yeah, because I waste a lot of energy on beating myself up over the bad days or being a victim, you know, work in progress. I really appreciate you bringing it up. We're all a work in progress. Absolutely. I'm thankful for you, buddy. You too. Thank you so much, Jill. Great job. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.